You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and I'm very pleased to be bringing you an episode with Ronnie Cheng today. Uh, I'm less pleased about the fact that this one was necessarily shorter than most of our episodes uh, because we were scrambling for somewhere else to be uh, after, uh, I think, what it was, it something flooded or there was a power cut. We had some sort of uh, venue problem in the, in the non-specific ways that uh, fringe venues can occasionally go pop. Uh, which was all swiftly resolved. But uh, on this particular occasion, uh, Ronnie and I both had to trek separately across town and find a, a replacement venue somewhere in a maze of other venues. So we, we had to cut this slightly short, but what we got was right up there with... You remember the Dara O'Brien episode where... Uh, I, I don't know whether I said this on the pod or not. Don't call it the pod, Stuart. The podcast or the show. Thank you. Uh, I don't remember whether I said this or not, but the Dara one I really didn't want to release. <laughs> there were certain parts of it I thought, no, keep that for yourself. This is something similar. Uh, Ronnie's uh, free pizza party previews uh, are a great idea that I wouldn't be surprised if you all started nicking and doing yourselves. This is the absolutely fantastic Ronnie Cheng. Thanks for having me on, man. We appreciate it. Um, uh, do you mind if I record my own podcast while we do this one? Is that okay? Absolutely not. Right. Go for it. Right. I've never had anyone do this before. Record, this my, is a- record on my own phone here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ronnie Fed Podcast with me, Ronnie Chang. This is episode for uh, 27th of August. This is bullshit. You're not really <laughs> I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone and just do my own podcast. One that would be a really good podcast. Is just record your own podcast as I do other people's podcasts. As you podcasts. do other people's podcasts yeah. Yeah. and then you piggyback onto them yeah. and then you eventually channel all the listeners Dude, to that. I'm glad I thought of it. That's yeah. such a great idea. Sadly, you're not doing it. So we're, uh, we're, we're staying uh, unique to this one for now. Yeah. Tell us about your show at the festival this year. That's a crap oh. question to start with but i've no, never please. seen you live before please uh you um i mean you you first of all you're a comedian and you interview comics a lot so any question you ask is i won't take offense at it because oh, i know i you. know i know you know what you're doing I, I take offense when it's the interviewers who haven't done their own job you know what i mean yeah we'll okay. get to that you know when okay well right. no i mean let's start with that oh, okay let's the, start with that then the yeah. idea of you start hating the... on people immediately that's <laughs> yeah. well this yeah. is it your yeah. show at the festival your fantastic <laughs> show cheng reaction yeah um, begins you basically in a way that I I never see acts do this in the UK you walk uh-huh. on and go thanks for coming people on the internet are stupid and you, get stuck in, you absolutely get the boot into everyone immediately from the word go you, you made an interesting point people in the UK yeah right well, let's say people at the fringe don't do that Edinburgh yes. fringe don't do that yeah and I'm okay. starting to learn that the hard way why, yeah. <laughs> why they don't do that uh, so there's a bit of warming up that needs uh, man where do we begin these guys are, I mean where do we be- begin to talk about this so in, uh, in Australia, where I s- developed this show, um, once not to not to toot my own horn, but 
people come for that you're show huge. a lot. You're massive. I'm, in not, I'm not huge, but you know, I was I, there I, two years ago, and yeah. you did a run of shows, and you sold out a very small venue so fast that you uh-huh. put on extra shows in the biggest venue in town. Yeah, that's what happened two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. So, so how big lucky. was that? That massive the town hall venue? Is it like eight hundred or something? That's like a thousand five hundred. Like one thousand five hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so just to put that into context, that's mm-hmm. like someone coming here doing the Tron. <laughs> selling it out uh-huh. and then putting on an extra show in twice the assembly hall. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I guess. So it was really cool. Uh, and then this year in Melbourne, I, I managed to do like a week at the town hall and I was you know, doing a big venue before okay. that. So my point is not to my own horn here, but just to say that when you're playing that size of room with people who have paid money to see you, the dynamics become a little different. So you can come out, you just hit it from the from the go, you step on the accelerator and they're with you. Yes. You know, whereas when people don't know who you are or it's a smaller crowd, it, the same, you know, you can't play, you can't play the, the, all, every theater the same. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So that's what I'm but saying. But have you said, have you found that problematic here? You were saying that um, in you've realized yeah. why people do crowd work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to, uh, I had to adjust my game a little bit. So I um, warm, warm up the crowd a bit by, uh, you know, not not hitting the accelerator so hard and 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 how much so, when you say warm up the crowd, what does that mean to Roddy Chang? Uh, how many minutes and what are you saying? Okay, so I'm I, I talk about uh, I thank them for coming. I try to talk about the city a little bit. Um, and do you say nice things about the city or do you just get laid I, into it? I say I say relatively nice things about the city. I got what, my. What are you saying at the moment? Give us your crowd. Oh, okay, work my, my crowd work is uh, right now. I go, hey everybody, thanks for coming down. I'm sorry you couldn't get into your first choice tonight. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming to my show. Thanks for coming to my plague dungeon because I'm in the caves. Yeah, uh, the caves is like this venue that has a lot of black mold and it's just. Don't go if you can. Yeah, don't yeah. Go there. And uh, and then I, I I talk about Edinburgh City about how here no one uses car horns uh, when they want to get people off the road they just accelerate you know yeah, just yeah, to get okay. people off. Yeah, it's very quiet. It's a quiet city. And then I talk a bit about how the postman here uh, when they come to deliver your mail and you're not at home they just give it to your neighbor. Yeah, and right. Your neighbor gives it to you when you come home. And yes. I'm like that's you know ridiculous that. You know, I didn't realize by coming here I had to work in the building's mail room. You know, the stuff like that. <laughs> okay, okay. Right, so, right. You're, so you're easing your way in a bit more. I ease, I ease into it a little bit and then I just go... <laughs> just like the switch. <laughs> and then you just hammer it. Yeah, and I start, I, I start flicking the hammer. You know, people on Facebook are so stupid and I just go into it. And, so how much... Uh, the thing that fascinates me yeah. is is then I talk to you off stage and yeah. you are the nicest guy. Oh, you're thank one you of so the much. sweetest humans. You're thank like, so absolutely. <laughs> I was telling you about the poggers. I was explaining the... The situation with the venue change, yeah. and you were like, "Oh man, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You're a lovely yeah, guy." Dude, and then you get on stage and you unleash your your yeah. inner. What is it? How do you how do you think of the difference between you and and the on stage running? Oh, okay. Um, I think I I think everyone on stage. Uh, you know, I can't make so general statements, right? I feel like most people I know their on stage persona is a reflection of their true inner character. A little bit. There's a little bit of that in you. So if you're angry on stage, there's something in you that has that. That's not com- that's coming from somewhere. That yes. anger isn't. You're, you can't sustain a career <laughs> of an angry act if there's not some part of you that's something. Okay. You know, that's angry. And um, so the anger is genuine. I think there's something in so me. So it's, I'll tell it's you in what, there now. Yeah, but- yeah, it's in there right now. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what brings it out. Three weeks in uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival will make anyone pretty angry. Yeah. <laughs> So what kind of things? What I, I want to? I just uh-huh. want to zero in on the difference between uh-huh. angry Ronnie and offstage Ronnie. Do okay. you do you experience moments of anger in your offstage life, or are you finding it so cathartic oh. on stage that you're you're expressing all your anger? Right. So in, in Australia, um, I was experiencing a lot of uh, like catharsis, I guess, yeah. where I was actually getting really happy with how I was going. Okay, and then. I decided to come here and the angles are all back again. <laughs> it's double, yeah. So it's if you want to write a new show, you've yeah. got to go somewhere where things piss you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just get pissed off. And uh, uh, like when I came here, uh, the trip over here, I was in Montreal just before. I saw you in Montreal, by the yes, way. Remember? Yeah, we saw we you Just yeah, for yeah. laughs together, yeah. And then we, I came over to Montreal. This is how crazy I get. Uh, I, I flew. Okay, so I happened to be flying KLM yes. from, um, I think it was JFK to uh, Amsterdam. And then transit to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got off the plane, KLM. And this is after, you know, three weeks in Montreal already on tour. Then, like, you know, 12 hours travel. Not to mention the fact I came from Australia in the first place. So that's 30 hours. Um, anyway, I, you know, so feeling a little grumpy. All right. And I'm not proud of this, but uh, hey, how you doing? Sorry, I probably shouldn't address people because it breaks the f- flow. So I, I get off the plane at, in Amsterdam. I walk. Uh, I can't find where the transit gate is, which is fine, okay? That's reasonable. You have to go do some legwork, understand. 
Okay, so I go, I walk all the way down the corridor, like I'm walking for like 10, 12 minutes to the transit service counter. I talk to the KLM staff, this tall uh, Dutch man, and he goes, your gate is gate 11. You better run. You better run. It's over there. You better run. And I just go, that's really frustrating because I just spent 10 minutes walking from there. And now I have to run back there just because it wasn't made clear where the transit gate was. But I go, okay, fine. That's fine. So I, I start running. I run to the gate. It turns out I've got another 25 minutes before yeah, boarding. Right. So I sit there for like 10 minutes just stewing. Like, why the hell did that guy ask me to run? Why did he say run? The way he said run was... To, and let me put this in context. I'm already... In not, I'm in a negative mindset already. So I'm not saying what I'm doing is correct. I'm not saying it's his fault. <laughs> so there for 10 minutes, just getting angry. I go, you know what? Fuck this. And I walk back and I go, why did you ask me to run? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, yeah, and he goes, no, because there's an asterisk next to the thing. When there's an asterisk next to your flight, that means it's good imminent departure. I was asking you to run. I didn't want you to miss your flight. And I go, yeah, but you know that the gate is only five minutes away. So even if I, even, even if I walked, you know I'd get there in time. So either you don't know where your own gate is or you think it's funny to ask customers to get panicked and run. And he goes, you know what? You're getting really aggressive. And I go, yeah, I'm trying to give you some feedback on how to call customers. <laughs> And then I go, hey, what? And then he goes, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to discuss this with you anymore, all right? And I go, that's fine. What's your name? What, what's your name? I want to get your name down. And he goes, we don't give names. I'm not going to give you my name. I go, you don't give people names? And then the lady next to him was also in KLM uniform. I ask her, hey, can you please tell me what this guy's name is or what your name is? And he goes, and she goes, I'm sorry, we don't give names. And I go, you guys don't give names? You don't give names. You do not give <laughs> names on request. And I go, okay, fine. And then I go back, and then I'm on the, I, I go back to the gate, and I sit there. I board the plane, and on, on the plane, I'm, I'm writing my complaint letter. You know, I detail the, I detail the time, the gate. I describe the people, and then I send them to. <laughs> so anyway, things go crazy in a second. With uh, not okay, proud of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So there is so that kind of that yeah. stage, Ronnie, is there, yeah, yeah. and presumably that yeah. you're kind of a force to be reckoned with because you, through your stage persona, yeah. you are very practiced and very articulate at being angry. Uh, oh, that, do you thank think? You. Thank you. I, but I guess. In, in your real life, I'm asking: Do you think you're angry in an articulate way um, on stage, in the same way as you are on stage, I, or is it? Or do you just get taken over? No, no. I, I you know, I, my whole thing is: I, I believe it or not, I actually really hate people with bad tempers. I really dislike. I find it really disrespectful. So my whole thing is: I will treat everyone I meet with the maximum amount of respect and politeness I can muster. And then if one thing goes wrong, I'm like, okay, that wasn't me. I, yeah. did, I, I did my job. That means that you are doing something that's really fucked, and then I start to get angry. That's what happens. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's how I think. I'm like, every time I meet someone, or even service staff in particular, uh, let me make it clear. I try to be the most polite to service staff because I know that job sucks. I know it sucks. I always say, excuse me, can I please trouble you for this? Uh, I try to tip. You know, I try to be really nice. And if one thing goes wrong, I'm like, fuck, I did my job. <laughs> I did my job, okay? So don't fucking talk to me like that. And then it now, becomes escalating. You, yeah. Why? Why do you think it is <laughs> yeah. that your anger uh-huh. is funnier than someone else's anger? Like, if I, I get know. pissed off about something, I'm just angry. People right. are laughing at how angry I am. If right. I describe a story now, like last night, I get incredibly angry right, because right. I was in the Presence and right. I wanted to use one of the bathrooms. Oh. I've worked at the Presence before. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to use one of the toilets. I know where it is. Yeah. And they said, and this, this girl who was one of the staff members said, you can't use that uh-huh. bathroom. Uh-huh. And that's an insane request to me because yeah. it's not quite, she said, it so makes this right here, this right here. This right here. This yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes, where it starts, yeah. I, I thought it was an insane request because I'm familiar with the venue and I, I realised what what why I was angry was I was getting uh, treated as if I didn't know my way around the place, yeah. but I did know my way around the place. So they said... You're um, being treated like you didn't know what you're doing. Exactly. When and the I do opposite know is true. Exactly, exactly. You know so well what you're doing. And that they said... Said, they said, yeah. oh, no, you, it makes a noise. And I was like, well, I'm just going to use the urinal. I'm not going to wash my hands. I'm not going to use the hand blower. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Which, that's a separate have, issue, I, but let's... Uh, yeah, right, okay. okay. Uh-huh. But I said, I'm capable of, you know, I can wash my hands and dry them on my jeans. You can pee quietly, yeah. I can pee quietly. Yeah. I can avoid peeing on my hands mm-hmm. and I can wash my hands. Also, not to feet. be a dick about it, but you're doing a show. I'm not doing a show at the Pleasance this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I know. Okay. So this woman stopped me, a young woman stopped me, uh-huh. and then a guy, a very young guy, stepped in front of me like he wasn't going to let me walk past. I got so angry. Yeah. But my anger was a sort of stupid, petty anger. It isn't funny. But your oh, anger is, you relate petty. your anger now, and it's funny. Why do you think that is? What's at the core of that? What connection know. are you making with people that we laugh at your know. anger? I, mine's pretty petty as well. Let, I'll, that's a great question. Can I get back to it? But let me just finish that story because I forgot the last part about that. I, I, as I was writing the letter to KLM detailing my grudge, 
I started to realize how unreasonable I was. And so I still sent in the letter, but I essentially sent them a complaint letter about myself. <laughs> I said, I said at 6 a.m. today, I came down to a gate. I talked to the person. He, he, made, he told me to run, and I realized I was being a little unreasonable. And, then I, you know, I'm, I'm, and I want to apologize to this person. So that's what happened in the end. I actually I sent him a complaint letter about myself. I complained that's about incredible. myself to KLM. Yeah. Now, is that material yet? Is no, that no, it's not. I mean, I have, I've be, never told that story. I haven't told that, that story. That should become material. You oh, you think so? You about yourself? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, well, well, okay, I'll, to answer your question, I think maybe it's because... Uh, I hope that people can relate to the anger I feel and that I'm not being unreasonable with it. Because nobody wants to, be, no one wants to get behind a person who's being a piece of shit. But people want to get behind people who stand up for themselves, I think. But I, I think, is it something to know. do with vulnerability as well? I think when you're, when you're angry, mm-hmm. it has a vulnerability because we see the struggle that you're having with the world. Sure, sure. Do you know what I mean? It's sure. like when, we, when you watch, uh, yeah, like, the most obvious example is someone like uh, John Cleese being Basil Fawlty thrashing his car with a, with a bit of a tree. Yeah. Um, just leave that there. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> such a British reference. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, but we find, you know, there's something clownish about it because yeah. we recognise that you're having a problem. You're suffering through yeah. your anger. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. That really suits that idea of that you wrote a complaint sure. letter about yourself. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so yeah. you're... How are you choosing which material to do? Your, your subject matter in this uh-huh, show, uh-huh. you're doing very... I noticed actually it's very contemporary stand-up that you're doing. Yeah, you're doing yeah. stuff about the Apple store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I would look I at... I thought you said you didn't watch the show. No, no, no. I said I hadn't seen you live before, before this, before this festival. Oh, you saw me live? I oh, did, yeah, you took the show. That's right. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, you so you're doing stuff about the Apple store. Mm. Now, for me, that's a subject that I would, I would think, as a comic, I'd go, oh, not everyone's going to relate to that, so mm-hmm. I'd kind of pull away from that. And I, yeah. I suppose something in your show and in, in Jenna Friedman's show as well yeah. has really made me go, oh, yeah, that's actually a much more American style uh-huh. to kind of just go for it and people can catch up with you or not. Right, because right, I do, right. I recognise that comedy has to be specific, so right, we right, get right. it. Right. I think my instinct is to try and make it as universal as possible. Sure, sure. And maybe it loses some teeth in that. Sure. So just talk to us about how you select the right. topics. Well, that's a, that's a really interesting one for this festival particular because, I mean, to give you some context, so don't let me get too off base here, uh, please. Don't, don't let me go on too much of a tangent. But uh, I came to this festival with two years of material, two shows to pick from and I wanted to come here to kind of make a splash so I I did do stuff that I chose stuff that I thought would be the most universal I, I guess you know from your perspective not from a, your, your, your you know a UK boy so you know exactly what the local perspective sure no no be. I mean we have but, an Apple store but, I just I definitely tried to make it as universal as possible um, and some stuff I just some stuff is like like you said my show is very it, it's this show happens to te- skew very tech heavy uh, talks about websites, talk about the internet a lot, which is a reflection of my own life. I'm on, I'm on it a lot, and that's just what I wrote about. And that, to my own detriment, sometimes it's like people who don't use the internet as much, aka old people, uh, don't might not connect as much as young guys who are on Facebook or yes. whatever, you know. So, and uh, I think. But I think that's probably that. I'm sure that works to your benefit because I'm sure no manager in the world is going to say you've got to connect more with the old people. Right. Stop connecting with the young sure. people that are going to become the consumers of tomorrow no, and stay right. your fans for longer. You know, yeah, you're right. But it, it, you know, it does come in. You come into situations where if people don't know Facebook memes, they won't yeah. get that meme joke about the you know people who post the legislation when they try to read. Remind us. Else. Remind us of the joke and let's oh, talk about that. Uh, that joke is. Uh, is there a point even discussing fa- uh, politics on Facebook anymore? Um, Everyone starts freaking out, writing legislation uh, via Facebook status updates. Oh, man, I'm totally butchering it. I have, I have no, a, no, no, no. It's a bit, you, the, 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 what you're skewering is that <laughs> thing not, with, Oh, with, sorry, it's not like I'm doing my own material here. Why can't I fucking come up with it? <laughs> um, the point of the bit is that you're, you're mocking the people who post that thing, that cut and paste paragraph guys remember? Going, I hereby declare. Yeah, you remember that, that post that became, it was like, I hereby declare... <laughs> And on 6th January 2015, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do not, I repeat, I do not give Facebook or entities associated with Facebook permission to copy my images or my status updates or my Candy Crush scores, right? That stuff, yeah. 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 So if you don't know about that post, you know, you'll be like, oh, what's going on here? And hopefully enough people in the audience have watched it where they're laughing and you go, oh, must must be something that's funny. But but I don't know. I watch American stand-up. I watch UK stand-up. I watch UK political stand-up. What did I see the other day that was like... Uh, super political. Um, it's very British. 
Oh man, what was it? Is it live at the festival? It was live at the festival. It was uh, Chris um, Coltrane who does no, political stuff. No, no, it was. Um, it'll come to me. But um, he was doing UK. Pol- oh, it's Andrew Maxwell. Okay, was a, yeah, yeah. He was a yeah, great yeah, comic and he was doing stuff about UKIP, about this and that. And I mean, I know about that on the, my periphery. Not, not because I'm not hating on the UK, it's just that I'm not from here, right? So it's on my periphery. But the, the jokes were so good, I was like, I get what he was trying to do anyway. It was yes. funny anyway. So if I, if I do that Facebook joke, I'm hoping that people who don't know what the hell I'm talking about will get what I'm trying to say with yes. it anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, how do I select it to be more universal? Because I'm touring worldwide, like, once again, not to toot my own horn, but it's literally Australia. I'm, I'm doing Singapore, Malaysia, UK, Canada, and the US. Um, I, I try to make it as universal as possible. But sometimes you just got to back your own ideas, you know? You got to back it and just go, I think this is really funny. I think people will get it. And then at some point, even in Singapore, that was a classic case in Singapore, because to be... F- not to be disparaging to, to Singapore, there, there's a growing stand-up scene there. Um, and I think it's fair to say, in my own personal experience, uh, they might disagree with me. I don't think they will. In my personal experience, uh, the, the Singapore comedy scene has been growing really well. But there's a lot of stuff where their comedy is just like the way comedy was when it started anywhere else on the planet. It's very race-based. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was inspired by Russell Peters, mm-hmm. who, you know, before I started doing comedy, I, you know, I, I loved his stuff as well. But everyone's doing a Russell Peters tribute band, you know, where yeah, everything's okay. like... Sorry, I'm talking about Singapore, where, sure. because that's what they know comedy is supposed to be. So they go, Chinese people like this, Indian people like this, Malay people like this, and that's the punchline over and over again. And um, so when I come in, I mean, I do my race stuff, which we'll get to in a second, but I try not to just do that. I try to do whatever's funny. Like, I don't want to just do race stuff for the sake of it. Um, and not to be disparaging against racial jokes, but we'll get to that in a second. But um, when I went to Singapore, I was kind of worried, like, oh, are they going to get it because I'm not making fun of Malay people? I'm not making fun of Indian people. I'm not, I'm kind of making, I'm making fun of Chinese people sometimes, but there's a lot of stuff which isn't. Like, you watch my show. I mean, that's fair to say, right? Sure. A lot of stuff isn't very racial. Absolutely, yeah. So will, will that... Will they get it? And then another part of my brain was like, you know what? Let me just go out there. I'll do my show. If they, if they don't like it, I can live with that. It's, my, it's the show I wanted to do. And then at least I'll know. And I'm, I, it's not like I'm going to write a new show in, in half an hour anyway. Like, sorry, yeah. just half an hour before the show. So um, I did my stuff and it worked. And you find your own fans. You yes. Know? Yeah, yes. So. That kind of confidence to yeah. go. And I think I just did that for the first time. I, I mm. was uh, lucky enough to be a finalist in uh, a competition this year. And uh, everyone had to do 10 minutes of their, their act, like 10 minutes of their hour, totally out of context. And I think for the first time, this is like 11, 12 years into my career, for the first time in that situation, rather than think, how can I get most laughs? I thought, which bit do I most want to do? And I, I did the bit, I've got some stuff about dementia. I did the stuff about dementia. And I was on first, I was opening, and I was like, this is not going to fly. The tough spot, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I went on and I did the stuff. And some of it worked, some of it was harder, yeah. as predicted. Yeah. But for the, I came off going, I absolutely did the stuff that I wanted sure. to do and it's a really good feeling sure. yeah. you don't seem to be a comic you don't seem to me to be a comic who ever wants to win them over it's more oh. important to you to, to say what you want to say is that fair? Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teetering I'm only six years in so I don't have that utmost confidence yet but uh, I, I mean I definitely want everyone in the room to laugh I don't want to alienate everyone but uh, you, you know you, you have to you have to do your own comedy right? you can't you can't do someone else's comedy. So I, lately I've been feeling like I just got to do the stuff that I can do, my own comedy. And if they don't like it, I can't do anything about that. I mean, it sucks, but I'm feeling that a lot in the UK uh, when people don't like it. It's like, oh. Are you having know. a, how are you, how um, are you finding your run at Edinburgh? Is it working? It, it's, it's okay, but uh, it, you know, uh, it, it's definitely been a bit of work like compared to um, this, how, how I'm going in Australia. I mean, not to toot my own horn. So it's going okay in Australia. Uh, and here, Understandably, of course, of course, it's work because I got no profile here. You know, my accent is weird. What the fuck is this? Right? <laughs> I came. In, what? What is this sound coming on my mouth? And people right? here are kind of taking a chance on you. Yes. Rather, and you must have, for the last yes. few years, been used to more and more sure, sure. playing to an audience who know what you do and know sure. what to expect. Or doing ten minutes. Yeah. Right. Right. So whereas one hour festival context is totally different. Sure. You know? Right. So, um, so I've been, I, you know, I've been relearning some skill sets which I probably. Sh- have not been practicing such as warming up the crowd uh you know opening for myself yes that first 10 minutes opening for yourself and getting into it um and also backing my own material and and that kind of stuff um what was that original point we were trying to make again? Uh, uh, it may have fallen by the wayside but that's yeah. absolutely fine <laughs> we yeah. were talking about um, how you select your material and i was yeah. asking how 
uh, Edinburgh was going, your connection. Oh yeah, whether you whether it's more important to you to right. to s- express the stuff you want to. Yeah. Or make sure you take everyone with you. Just because yeah. you said earlier on that thing about yeah. you want your fans to find you. You want yeah. to find your you own want, fans. You it's want important. your fans to find you because in the sense that you do your own comedy. Because you can't do anyone else's comedy, right? You can only do your own, so your fans will find you. But at the same time, I'm not one of those political raconteurs who... I'm going to speak the truth, and then you guys are going to listen. This is how it is. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely trying to make as many people laugh as possible. You know, okay. That's my goal. So, so I'm, I'm in between. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm a balance in between those two, I guess. Oh, talk about on the hoof. I'm recording this uh, in high speed before, at high speed before uh, running off to see a friend and then do a gig and then do another gig and then drive 110 miles. So apologies if this one is flightier than usual. I sort of think probably that the ones where I'm panicking and trying to do it quickly are as if not more fun than the regular ones. Maybe they're fun in a different way. This is Ronnie. Uh, download his stuff, buy his things. I think he's doing an album on vinyl, which is a great idea. So have a bang at that. Uh, look for him online. I'd be staggered if he didn't have RonnieCheng.com. Um, but, you know, you've all got fingertips. Most of you, I would imagine, have got fingertips. And if not, then uh, a pointy stick you can use to use Google. And find all of the man's stuff. Very, very funny guy and uh, absolute joy to have on the show. Next few things. Here we go. This is the first official announcement of all three of my guests for the uh, the Soho podcast next year, starting with Izzy Sutty in January. Uh, we know about that one already. And as all of these remember from SohoTheatre.com, you can enter the discount code FAF and get 25% off your tickets. Uh, not only do we have brilliant Izzy Sutty, we also have Dave Gorman. And now I'm very pleased to announce that uh, I've also confirmed Ramesh Ranganathan. Uh, so between the three of them, that's an absolute three-person powerhouse of a a guest lineup so do come and see those there's going to be a gap in february on account of uh, my partner producing a child (laughs) well i mean the child is largely produced the child's been in development for a while and uh, so we thought i think the due date is three days before the potential podcast date we thought maybe we'll swerve february so uh don't have the dates in front of me but there's uh it's the first monday i think in january and then the first monday in uh, march is dave gorman and then the first Monday in April is Ramesh Ranganathan. Unless you look at your calendars and the Soho Theatre website and discover that that is not the case. They are Mondays at seven. Whether it's the first one, I can't guarantee it. I sort of feel like they are. So this is me trying to keep the time when I'm in a hurry. Um, come and see those. Oh, Ramesh is fantastic. He's someone who I've been watching at Edinburgh for a while. I've seen his last couple of shows and uh, I think he hosted Live at the Apollo. He did a phenomenal kind of uh, a sort of a breakthrough jump earlier this year when he appeared, or possibly even last year, when he appeared on Jonathan Ross and everyone went, oh, wow, Romish is doing Jonathan Ross now? Um, so he is absolutely on the up. He's got a brilliant series about tracing his, his roots in Sri Lanka, uh, which I highly recommend you watch in preparation. Uh, and come along to the Soho Theatre on those Mondays at 7 and see those brilliant guests. Izzy Sutty first on the 7th, Monday the 7th of January. That's all of that stuff. Uh, two things very quickly. If you, I'll talk about the cavalry idea at the end of the show. Some of you have been doing that and I really, really appreciate it. What, what an absolute bunch of stone cold legend bastards you are. Um, if you would like to donate to the show, if you would like to join the many, uh, I'd love to say millions, not even thousands, but certainly tens of people um, uh, donating to the show, showing your support for this podcast, then you can do that in a variety of ways. Feel free to go to comedianscomedian.com and click on the various donate flag button things at the side, which I remain very proud of. Um, and you can chuck me five pounds, ten pounds. £20 if you like, or even more. Someone recently gave me a £50 Amazon voucher. That is a phenomenal... That's so kind of you. Thank you. Um, they uh, they suggested a mother care voucher, but there isn't one near us. Um, so uh, you, can, you can do that. I think if you're a person that issues PayPal and doesn't like all that kind of business, I mean, it's unlikely that you're going to issue paypal and and not mind about amazon i don't know how these things work um but uh, you can if you like just using the email address info at comedianscomedian.com uh when you're doing your christmas shopping if you want to chuck us some sort of gift token then that uh, i mean amazon sell everything don't they so it's effectively money and but thank you i I really appreciate your donations and your support uh, as i'm frequently saying on this show uh, they they really make all the difference in letting me know that I'm doing the right thing, letting me know that you appreciate it, and uh, and also helping me 
make the show better and helping me spend all of this bastard time I've got to spend on it to try and uh, to try and make it as as rigorous and well researched and and with the range of guests that it has uh, that's down to you so thank you thank you all of you who've donated and all of you who may be donating in future and remember if you can't afford to donate then simply talk to a friend of yours who you think will enjoy the show take their phone out of their hand Use their podcast app, subscribe to the uh, the podcast and download uh, your favourite episode for them. It really does work. I've been doing that. I did that to a, a new friend I met, Luke, in a pub in Bristol. And uh, I can only assume it worked. He's yet to be in touch, but let, let's imagine it did. That's all of that stuff. Uh, the tour, of course, is uh, coming to a venue near you, provided you live in twi- near 20 venues. It's sort of the middle slash south of the country. Um, if it's not coming super near you, I apologise. But hey, there's a baby on the way, guys. Give me a break. Um, that's happening in March and April. You can come and see uh, the show of which Chortle co.uk that uh, well-known British comedy magazine review um, uh, it, it, this is the show of which Chortle said hey he's been interviewing all these comedians it looks like something's rubbed off well if that isn't middling praise then I don't know what is but I'm very very proud of the show and thank you to those of you who came to the preview of the new show Ooh, much shakier territory um, that's all I'm going to say for now I'll give you some more details about the tour and the cavalry protocol and remember all of those all of the tour dates you can come along uh, if you come along afterwards and hang around for five minutes after the final track is played and then we'll have a little informal Q&A in a car park and you can ask me all your, all your secret questions about the podcast um, also I was on uh, Joel Domic and Steve Dunn they're doing a show called The Comedy Score that's a new podcast I was on that I think it's very funny I can't wait to hear it back uh, Steve makes some original music to underscore a comedian's story plus we talk about music and I basically bang on about Faith No More for 20 minutes so uh, they're the only band in the world and there they shall remain back to Ronnie Chang One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You've been uh, opening for Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. A lot throughout yeah. Australia and New Zealand. Is that, yeah. on, is that one or two gigs? Is it lots of gigs? What's, no, that's a really interesting story as well. But uh, that, that was, couple, that was a gigs around the country in New Zealand. And then I, I, was, I went to LA and he let me open for him at the Lago uh, Theatre in LA, which was very cool. It's like a cool, it's like the, it's like a Soho theatre. I mean, you guys know, you guys are comedy nerds. Yeah, you yeah guys right. Comedy, yeah. The Lago, Lago. Uh, Pat Oswalt talks a lot in his, right. in his book about uh, the Lago one. and how yeah. that changed, completely changed the way he looked at comedy. And right, right, right. Practice, very so. Soho theatre-ish. Is it really? That's yeah. fascinating. Very, very same kind of things. I, in fact, I thought they, were, they should be sister theatres. That's why I said to the owner, I said to Steve Locke as well, like, you guys should look into Pat. Get into bed with the Lago. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great it's idea. It's just a cool little, you know, it's like you guys. So, so tell me about working with Bill Burr. He's one of the biggest comics in the world at the moment. Certainly the UK has, in the same way that we did about Louis C.K., maybe like two years later, everyone in the UK has gone, whoa, holy hell, there's this guy. So what do you enjoy most about opening for him? Oh, just meeting him. He's the closest. I'm I'm 29 years old. I've I've been through... I used to do military marching. I used to be a scout in Singapore, and we would do military marching uh-huh, awesome. un- under the sun. We would, you know, do a lot of intense army shit. I've never come close to fainting, other than first time meeting Bill Burr. That's, like, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the closest. Like I could feel the blood rushing. I never feel that. I'm the anyway. Uh, wh- but he was. Let me let me be clear. He was the super nicest, down, most down to earth guy ever. Most down to earth guy to the point where if you act like a fanboy around him, it gets weird and you got to stop. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's so down to earth. And why it. are you such a fanboy of his? Why are you such a fan? What uh, is it about his work that attracts I don't know, you? Just, I, I, I just feel, I, I watched his first special um, and I thought this was a great hour of comedy. It was really inspirational. And I thought, you're never going to meet this guy, right? Who, who is he? He's, uh, this, you know, he's, his career has been going up and up and up. And then he personally messaged me on Facebook 
Do you know why? Yeah, I do know why. I couldn't believe it at the time. I was just minding my own business, right? Selling out 2,000 seaters. And then... Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, uh, you pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he mess- I get this message on my Facebook fan page of all places. Can you believe that? Uh, from Bill Burr. Pic- profile pictures, this car. And not even like a, like a real photo. It looks like a, like a clip art car, right? <laughs> Like, who the fuck is this? And then he messaged me, like, hey, Ronnie, I just want you to know that uh, I saw some of your comedy on a plane, whatever that means. Uh, I really liked it. It was really funny. Uh, hopefully I'll see you on the road sometime, you know, Bill. And then at first I thought, there's no way this is Bill, but it's my friends pranking me, right? There's no way, right? I was going to go say, yeah, go fuck yourself. But then I thought... <laughs> I, and then I was like, you know what? I can live with my friends pranking me, but I can't live with telling Bill Bill to go fuck himself. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, so I replied back like, hey, thanks so much. I'm a huge fan. Uh, that's very nice of you to say. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll see you around the traps because I actually live and work in Australia, but I'm trying to move to the U.S. soon, so hopefully I'll see you sometime. You know? And he goes, oh, that's cool. I'm actually trying to tour Australia, so next time I come down, hopefully you can be on that show and open for me. I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. And then like nine months, no, you know, radio silence. And I'm not, you know, my thing is I try to respect people's boundaries. I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, hey, Bill, by the way, have you seen this? This is really cool. Hey, this is some of my other clips. Hey, do you have any tips or comments? Oh, you know, I get it. You know, I'm, I'm on my own journey and he can encourage, but he, I'm, I'm not, I don't want him to be that guy who's like, I, you know what I mean? I don't want to be the guy I, who's I like understand. Just, just leeching onto the... To the f- bird that's flying into this. Anyway, you get the analogy. That was a poor analogy. But you know, <laughs> so, yeah. so I try to give him some space, even though I had this direct line to him. Right, well, one of your heroes. I like, imagine having a direct line sure. through this Facebook thread. That's all, because I couldn't add him as a friend because he had too many friends. So yeah, okay. So it's just this one message thread, and so I just left it alone. And then uh, I think I sent him a message once because he said he was coming to Australia, like in this date, like this month, like April or whatever. And I just said oh, that's cool, I'll, I'll try to keep it open for when you do confirm it. And then some stuff happened where I had some bookings, so I just sent a message like, hey, just letting you know I'm having some bookings if you're coming. And then he said, oh, sorry, I'm not coming that date. Just try to confirm dates, you know, but I'm talking, this is stressed over like nine, ten months. And then finally one day he just goes, hey, I'm coming in January, hopefully you're still free to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm free. So <laughs> Burn I, your diary. Yeah, totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and until I walked into the green room uh, at this really cool theater in Melbourne, Hamer Hall, uh, I still didn't believe that it was him. I thought it was just fake. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Until I walked in the green room and he was like, hey, Ronnie. And that's yeah, you're going to turn up, it's going to be Luke Heggie sitting there yeah, with a cigar. Exactly. Yeah, right? Just going, you fucking idiot. What makes you think Bilbo would come out? So, no, but that's the thing. For him to watch me on a plane, I, it must have been the JFL thing. Uh, the Just for Last yes, clip I did yes, two years okay. ago. For him to, the odds of him watching stand up on a plane and then seeing me specifically do a bit that he liked and then yeah. him to go afterwards and look me up to message me. You know, the, the odds of that happening so slim and also that's the kind of guy he likes. He really loves stand-up. Do you, do you see a similarity between your style and yeah, his? Yeah, definitely. Heavily influenced. Hopefully, influenced, hopefully not, uh, not, not plagiarized, but uh, uh, heavily influenced probably. Is, is that stuff. something you've got to be aware of to make sure you don't... Um, well, I mean, it, if you're it, associated with him and you have a similar right. kind of rhythms, maybe. Yeah, well, the fact that I, we worked together and then nothing, not, not, that wasn't even an issue, you know? So that kind of, you know, clears me a little bit. Yeah, but, he, didn't, um, he didn't see your gig and go like, uh, <laughs> uh, Ronnie. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't trying to copy him anyway, you know? So uh, influenced by him, for sure. I think there's a lot of similar ways we deal with things. Um, you know, the, the, his, his style of uh, just being an angry person right I mean, what do you what do you attribute your yeah. that that incredible takeoff year that you had in australia right, right, right. what what was that about why did that happen were you were um, you like were you secretly employing people to spread your clips online or what no, you know or you was no, were you no. blown away by it were you surprised there's what? a there's a certain comedy festival strategy which you you can use to play your odds but you can't guarantee success what's uh, that the, the so so things need to click at the right time. You need to have the good act. Your, your hour needs to be solid. You need to have good opportunities to showcase that. Melbourne is my hometown. Hometown, like I live there. I'm not from there, but I lived mm-hmm. there. I've been, I started comedy there. So by doing the rooms, you kind of build this kind of little underground you know, following. Um, and you need the right venue. Um, you need people who believe in you, the management who know how to market you properly, who know how to use 
mailing list. Sorry, this is getting really technical. But no, it's fine. I'm it's tra- good. There's no, no, no simple no, answer. There's no simple answer. So then they they have the mailing list. They know how to get. They know how to pack your room out. And you get some buzz. You get start getting on buzz. Hey, you get guy- a small room, sell it out. Suddenly, yeah. no one can get a ticket for Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's still an incredible jump from like what was it, a hundred seat or a fifty seat or something? Yeah, a yeah. smaller room. Well, well. It, it, it's a bit of a blur now because that first year, 2012 was my first hour and I just went from a 30-seater to 150-seater. So that wasn't the big one. The next year was the big one okay. where it went from uh, 120 to uh, 1,005 and then the year after that it went from 400 to... The whole uh, run being 1,005. Uh, no, four, 400 every night and then 1,005 a couple nights and then okay. this last one was 800 every night. So it, it then, can't just be marketing. You've got to be coming up with the goods. Yeah, so but that's, I'm is, talking, that's a five-year journey though. That's, yeah. four, that's five years of doing the festival over and over again, coming up with the goods. There's a lot of people here who've done five-year journeys. Sure. What is, why is different? What's different about being you? Chi- why is it going on? Go be Chinese. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go be, go be go be Chinese in a predominantly white market, and then you, you get you get like a you get a hook, and then you know you have to back it up though. You can't just be Chinese. Like you have to, yeah, you, you you get a hook, and then you're you just, build it. You're just raising and then dashing the hopes of any Chinese yeah. listeners. Like here's my chance. Uh, yeah, you got, yeah, so you back it up a bit. Uh, you get you, you you get breaks. You know, I got breaks. Like people put me on TV. I, I did my my little stand up sets for you know five minutes that gala spots, and then you. Now, whenever I do gala spots, whenever I do stand-up on television, in my head, I'm just like, this is just for YouTube. Fuck yeah. everything. It's just for YouTube. Like, this is, this, as in, this is for people on YouTube. No one here, like, you're not going to sell anything. That yes, I actually, see what you mean. Yeah. When you, when you yeah. decide, with that in mind, are you actively strategizing to try and use material that is more likely to go viral on YouTube? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I... I don't. I, I'm. I'm thinking of doing something. I'm thinking of doing a funny set, right? I'm not thinking like, yeah, yeah, sure. How do I make this viral? But I'm thinking of. Uh, I'll do a funny set. Sorry, when I said fuck the people there, I don't mean. No, no, no. I understand. I, I'm just saying, like, like the reality of this is that this is going to go on YouTube. It's not about someone, some producer with a cigar right. going, "Hey, I'm going to give you right. a TV series." It's right. about this is going YouTube. Yeah. That's the market. That, How do I most? Yeah, exactly. And and this and and so you you do your stand up. For YouTube, whatever that means for however your you know however your act responds to that, uh, what it means for me is just make it tight, make it funny, you know, make it keep it short, which is. So how do you? I'm sorry, I keep biting oh, you just because we're re- we're really short on time. So no, I just want to get to the get to the heart of it before we yeah, run please, out. Can I just say something? For, I bought a banana from Starbucks just before I came here. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Yo. Hang on, I'm gonna get a picture of your banana just to. Uh, to I paid this. like one pound for this oh. banana. I try to eat, yeah, I try to eat something healthy at Starbucks. Is what you get. You look, get a decayed banana. Look at this shit. Perfect. <laughs> I gotta write a complaint letter for this. Look at this. There's not. There's not one part of this banana that's edible. The whole thing is black. I can't even chew into like half. Anyway. God tell damn me. Starbucks and your stupid bananas. <laughs> tell yeah. me, how do you fuck up a banana? <laughs> You, you literally don't have to do anything. You still fucked it up. Anyway. <laughs> All right, cool. Sorry, go. How do you go about pulling the funny out of a situation? And, and what is your... Oh. Let's, let's, let, we'll get to that. How do you... What does your writing process look like? Oh. Are you just going on stage at new material gigs and being angry about stuff? No. Or are you sitting at home and writing? What's um, the work ethic like? I'll, What's the I'll, work process? Yeah, I'll let you in on a little secret how I've written three hours the past three times. I've already done it four times, so I'm not that experienced. But the past three times I've done it, it's been a real scientific... I book 10... First... Okay, uh, uh, let me not get my head of myself here. I book 10... I book like 12 or 15... No, let's say 12... Um, One-hour trial shows in a row. In this little room in Sydney. Uh, my manager sets it up. We, in, we invite people. Free show with free pizza at the end. So you come and you get pizza at the end. And uh, maybe 10 people show up. Maybe 5, sometimes 30 come in and they're not supposed they're not my mailing list so they're not my direct fans they're other people's fans and okay. then they come and some people know me anyway but that's not the point like if they know me then so sure. it's other people's fans they come uh, I do I do one hour I bomb for an hour and then they we give them these little papers with questions they write their opinions I tell them to go fuck themselves and ignore <laughs> it right? my, someone reads it and then I resent it. I resent the surveys. I'm like, don't fuck. I know what's wrong with this. All right, you don't have to tell me. So that's where the anger starts happening already. And then, <laughs> and then um, uh, we do it. I try to do it as many in a row as possible. And the past three years, I hope I can keep this up. But I found that the last three years I've done this. I've by the tenth hour of of eating shit, I have something that 
resembles a show. That's what I've discovered. What yeah. are you doing on, in the daytimes in between the shows? Are you taking what you did last night? Nothing. Day? Are you recording it? Doing nothing. nothing. You're doing yeah. nothing. No, no, I do record. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do record it. I do record it. I, I, I've got more scientific. I record it and then I try to listen back and, and try to work it out. But man, I don't sit and write. I can't. I wish I knew how to write material. Then this job would be a lot easier. I don't know how to write it, man. When it you go on up. at the beginning of that, hour yeah, yeah are you improvising or are you going on with notes with script yeah yeah i've got notes and then i i do all, i do old material and i try to put as much new as possible and then throughout the 10 shows i try to do more and more new and okay. i found by the 10th show i have something that i want to do I, I don't know how it happens i mean and by the 10th yeah. show do you yeah. have the makings of an hour or do yeah. you have a 20 or no, a, makings, a of an, makings of an, makings of an hour. hour yeah makings of an hour and yeah. when you say you you just said you, yeah. you take the ideas you try and do something to it. Yeah, yeah. What are the kind of things? Do you have familiar strategies uh-huh. that you go? Okay, there's something in that. I've listened back to that bit, or I've remembered yeah. a bit of it working. Yeah. Like there was a thing about bananas. Yeah. So then, what is the kind of writing around it thing? Are you pacing around your room, going, oh, "What's oh. the thing?" Or are you just trying to hate it harder? Or <laughs> what it? No, I, I found a lot of my writing on stage, which is why that process is the only way I know how to do. Is that ten hour bombing? Just eat shit for 10 hours, and then hopefully by the 10th one, you've got something. How are you feeling by show three when you've just bombed three times? It sucks. You feel like you killing just... yourself, yeah. <laughs> is, is that too sensitive to say? I'm sorry. No, not at all, not at all. You just feel like, this is terrible. What am I doing this for? This is bad. Fuck all of you. And then it gets a... Yeah, and then you read the surveys. Oh, he wasn't very good. A lot of his stuff was disjointed. Yeah, you think? It's like my, my third hour doing off this new... We said it was a new show, you fucking out. Why are you telling me shit, which I just told you? And then, you know, it gets read... I get really defensive and then it yeah <laughs> it starts spiraling and, and then by the 10th one you've got something you go okay thank god there's something here and then yeah so when you're spiraling tell yeah. me about you spiraling how oh. do you cope with that how do you cope with the okay. moments when you're thinking what the fuck am I doing presumably okay. yeah. your level of experience the, this, the acceleration of your of your career yeah, yeah. Does that help you when, when it's going bad? Do you go, well, look, I'm, I, there's no point getting depressed. I must be doing something right. I'm doing great. Okay. When you put it that way, yeah, there's a little bit of that, I guess, where you're like, okay, look, I mean, you know, it, things are going well, so I can't be terrible. Um, the, the other thing, someone told me once, man, I have so much advice on bombing because <laughs> so many people have talked to me about bombing, even at this festival. I'm still learning how to deal with bombing. But someone just said, like, being professional – means acknowledging what went wrong without getting emotional about it. So you can look at your bombing and go, okay, that didn't work and, you know, it's fine. Just, you know, and, and the older I get and also the, the more I do comedy, the, the less emotional I can become with stuff. Like, I've been booed off the stage in music festivals and if I was two years in, that would probably, I would probably have quit. But I, I, that was like when I was five years in or maybe... Yeah, five Why years were you in. booed off the stage? This is a music festival. I just couldn't do anything. and I, I, I don't want to blame the audience, but they were literally yelling, boring, boring. How long could... did you stay on? Did you, did you quit before the end of your set? Uh, did you go Bill Burr and start yeah, slagging them I, off? I, I did start... I Someone did... film this. I'm going to destroy you. I'm just going right. to rip on you for two It was minutes. tough. I mean, I, I, I went at them a bit. I threatened to kick them out. Then I threatened to fight them. And then um, I said, hey, let's meet backstage over there. And, you, you know, let's just go. You know, instead of yelling here, let's just meet backstage and we can deal with this. Like, man, and it got bad and... And I said, you want to get kicked out of festival? There's security everywhere. But the security didn't have my back. It was just a block. Yeah. Security wasn't doing shit. Security was watching me, just laughing at me, bomb. And I was like, this guy over here is going to kick you out if you, keep, if you don't shut up. And he wasn't going to kick him out. So just, you know, to paper tiger. And um, uh, uh, how did I deal with it? I, I just, I, I did leave because I couldn't get through a joke. I literally couldn't get through my set. So I had to leave. And in my head, I was like, this could be a legendary Bill Burr moment. But I just choked. And then I just went, oh, fuck, I can't do anything. So. Tell me about bombing. What are your strategies for bombing? What are your lessons about bombing? Oh, I can tell you all about that. Uh, Bombing uh, sucks. And then you feel like you feel wronged and (laughs) aggrieved. And you're like, I know I'm better than this. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I I try to blame the audience. I really don't because you're like, it's on you. It's on you. You got to. You try not to, you say. Yeah, you try not to because you're you're professional. You should be. It's your job to make them work, make the shit work. So then you get really hard on yourself. But like I said, you just go, okay, that didn't work. Don't get so emotional about it. Just move on. And um, Can you, can you. Yeah. catch yourself because I'm, really sens- I'm a really sensitive person so and then knowing that you'd be self-aware and you're like okay I'm just being too sensitive here it was fine you didn't kill it like you should have move on you know one of the wor- one of the scariest I'm just going to say this alright I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if this offends anyone one of the worst things a, a comic can do is not be self-aware 
is to bomb and go, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, so if you bomb and you know you bomb, that's almost like a good thing. Like, don't, don't, make, it, don't make it so that it, it becomes something which you can't get over and then you can't do comedy. What was that? Like, it inhibits you? Don't let yes. it, like, inhibit you. But how, having self-awareness is good. That's, that's the difference between us and the psychos, right? They just walk off going, yeah, that was the fucking greatest set ever. When are you going to book me as the headline? And it's like, are you kidding? That was terrible. Yeah, well, right. How do you not know that? And then the flip side of that is thinking that everything you do is terrible and then you can never go anywhere. Yes, so you just yes. Yeah. So when, yeah. you're, when you're really, and I don't just mean having a tough gig, I mean yeah. when you're choking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm familiar with that experience <laughs> of trying to, like as soon as you walk off, you think I should have just done that. Right, right. But you can't find it in the moment to do that thing, whatever that thing is, yeah, to yeah. turn it around. What yeah. kind of strategies do you have when you are just driving it into the ground? Okay. Do you, do you is there anything you can do? In I mean, the moment or afterwards? In the moment. And um, both, we're doing the moment first. Uh, in the moment, I love how this, we got limited time and we're just talking about the times I failed. All right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Like, Fif- like, uh, yeah Mr. 1500 seats. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to focus on yeah. the times you Two th- thirds of the show is Ronnie talking about how he deals with failure. Which <laughs> he experiences on a day to day basis. This is, this is vintage comedian's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 I didn't go so well at set list last night, so I had some of that, you know. Okay. Uh, um, what, what, what was it? Um, so on stage. On stage. The- uh, look, I, I'm experienced now. I'm experienced enough now to go on and not make that those mistakes. So that's becoming rarer and rarer. Yeah, of course. First, first of all, I, I I like to think I don't I do well more than I bomb. So oh, that's, of course, we're not. Right. We're by no means oh, no, no, programming sure. the audience of this show that no, no, you do badly. For no, sure, so it's understood you're on it. Right, well. right. But I'm just saying that that means that I don't. You know, um, I don't have that many chances where I'm going back thinking, oh, I bombed again, and how can I fix that? But one thing that helped me was watching comedy again because I'm really bad with watching comedy. Like I don't know why I just get like sick of it so I go watch music I go yeah, watch okay. watching comedy so watching comedy again makes me gives me the audience perspective so I can empathize yes. with how they feel so for example I was doing late and live uh, earlier this festival at 3am right and I know what it's like to be there I know what it's like you're, you know you're tired you're, you're, you're there for some reason <laughs> you still want to laugh but you, you're not in the mindset yeah. some guy before you is yelling about how Scotland separated from England and you guys are stupid idiots and he's just alienating the crowd you know so I come on and my strategy with that right from the start so I didn't have to I didn't have to halfway catch myself I knew from the start what I had to do I just had to go out and be friendly you know and try to get them on side and just be like hey guys look I know this is ridiculous let's just I'll do 15 minutes we'll get the fuck out of here right and, and let them know that you're on their side and like yes. alright this guy yeah, having right. some sense of like guy, like I think sometimes you know that the experience right. of following someone who stunk the place out right, right, right. I, years ago I remember coming up with a strategy of just walking on and just saying to the audience guys it's going to be okay. Right, right, right. You just get a laugh for that because right. you're acknowledging yes. how terrible the situation that shit. is in a way they're desperate for you to right. acknowledge. So having, uh, having uh, empathy, that's the strategy. Having, when, when you're on stage in the moment, just have empathy for the guys there. I used yeah. to attack people r- right, wrongfully all the time because the persona's angry. She's like going, yeah, what the fuck are you doing here, you fucking idiot? And then you just go, man, they paid money to be here. It's 3 a.m. You know? So in the moment, I just try to have empathy with them. Just go, hey, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm sucking. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying here. You know, that's that's yeah. that's my in the moment strategy. Sure, yeah. em- empathize with the audience. Okay, yeah. uh, unless they're being drunk idiots, and then you're just like, oh well, you guys are fucking dicks, and you know, go fuck yourselves. And Would you? We have to. We, we must wrap up. Uh, we've got about three way. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, it's been so fast. I, yeah. we'll, we'll do it again. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I got two final questions. One <laughs> is, if you were to review yourself, what would you say? Great question. Um, I would say. Um, uh, he's awesome. Five stars. Uh, <laughs> I would say. I would say. Uh, oh, pick your flaws. Um, I would say. Oh, this is so weird. That's a great question because you, you're forced to like talk yourself up. Okay, objectively, objectively, I think uh, Ronnie has a polished show, which I should have because I've doing, I've been. It's literally the best of two years. It should be material wise. Should be good. I think uh, he can have some pacing issues sometimes. Um, he. He can warm up to the audience a bit better, which I've been trying to do. I've been working on that. Uh, um, but overall, five stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overall, five yeah, stars. Yeah. Um, I, I, so, I, I, like I said, just to race things just quickly. I, don't, I, try, I try not to do racial stuff for the sake of it. And I had to balance that for years because, you know, there's this whole big stigma against doing racial stuff because it's too easy. And it's true. And I didn't know that when I started. And, you know, I was just doing stuff that I thought was funny. And then I went too far the other way because all these comics were, like, telling me, 
oh, you know, that Chinese joke, this Chinese joke is not that good, and, you know, you, sh- you, sh- you should be- do better than that, which is true. It makes you aim higher. But at the end of the day, man, you are who you are, you know. Like, I, I talk the way I talk, I sound the way I sound, and more importantly, I'm from where I'm from, you know, Malaysia. So you have to, ju- you just have to talk about your personal experiences. So my rule now is I won't do race stuff for the sake of it, uh, but if it happens to go to race, I, I'll just go there. I won't be scared mm-hmm. of it. And I'll just mm-hmm. go there and try, I, I try to make stuff funny. That answers your review question. Because in my own review, I'd say that he, hopefully he's balancing out uh, race stuff and non-race stuff. Okay. Talking about his personal experiences without being too hacky, which, hopefully. Which piece of, what, what skills do you, or what skill, what element of stand-up do you yeah. see other people doing and think, I wish I could just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, act out uh, good act outs like impersonations I don't have the skill set to act okay. and I can't you know when people do voices do you do accents or really impressive impersonations you I, are always Ronnie aren't you you're Ronnie I can't you're do like, anything so, else. Yeah, so can. Ronnie said this and then the guy who was yeah, like this yeah. tall black guy yeah. said with Ronnie's voice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. I, I don't have a lot of special effects I wish I had more special effects I mean that I don't even mean that in a disparaging way I mean I wish my act had something where I could change up my voice or do a women's voice or you know British person's accent. I can't. I can't do any accents. I can just do this fucking accent, which is the worst. Apparently, this is the worst, like, the worst accent to try to do other accents, apparently. Oh, like, really? So, apparently, the, the Australian English one is the easiest to do other accents because it's broad or something. Okay. But when okay. you talk like this, this is the hardest for me to do, like, a full-on English accent. Apparently, it's the toughest, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but... I don't know of many Chinese yeah. descent Malaysian impressionists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, dude, I become the most impersonated comic in Australia. Everyone does this Literally everyone in yeah. my household I'm living with. Uh, Nish Kumar, James A. Just, Nish Kumar, you'll fuck himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Nish Kumar. I love Nish Kumar, yeah. yeah. I love, his, I love him. I love him. He, He's the best. Uh, he will wake up in the morning, come into the kitchen, and go, "Mom, you just got to do something." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I'll get him to do his impression. I'll edit it onto the episode. So yeah, I do that. Nish. It's, it's way superior to mine. Yeah. And the final question, then we'll yeah. get out because these guys have been very kind. Let us uh, Thanks steal a lot, their guys. venue. Yeah. Um, the final question is, and you can interpret this any way you like. Yeah. What would you have written on your comedy gravestone? Um, he tried his best. He did okay. He was. He was. He did well more times than he sucked. Uh, and that's what most, more than what most of us can ask for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in thanking Ronnie Chang. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. That's a lot of fun. So that was Ronnie. Thank you so much to Ronnie for coming onto the show. Thank you to Nathan Wood uh, for uh, doing the, the editing, the production, as awful. As awful? No, and I don't mean awful. As always. As always. Sorry, Nate. Um, so also thank you to, and I always do this and I always just about find it. I had a little, a, a cadre, a cabal of, um, people helping me of podblins. And I want to thank the right one because they, it, everyone put a lot of work into this. It was Ryan Coles. Thank you, Ryan Coles, uh, for logging this episode for me. And um, we've got some absolute bangers coming up soon. We've got Jenna Friedman from Edinburgh, uh, from America, but at the Edinburgh Festival. Uh, the Lost Matt Kirshen episode is coming out soon. Uh, Daniel Sloss, I think, will probably be next week. We've got Mark Steele still to come. And then I'm doing a junket and uh, I'm getting four more episodes in the can next week. So I've had a, a, a decent while of not actually interviewing people and I'm absolutely raring to go so uh, I will tell you those names as soon as they're in the can and we can get all giddy and excited about them and um, that's all that stuff do email me info at comedianscomedian.com with the subject line cavalry uh, if you think that my tour might be coming somewhere near you and you think that you could usefully put up some posters in your place of work or convince some people to come along um, then you would be most welcome to do that uh, send me that email we can correspond a few people have done that there's room for a lot more anyone that has I automatically feel like Oh, some guy in Sutton wants to put my posters up. I'm going to rock Sutton. It's going to be great. So, uh, so it's it's uh, well. I, listen, there's no else. There's no other way to say it. I get all the benefits from this, but uh, I will absolutely do my best to smash the roof off your local venue. Uh, I'll do that anyway. But it is nicer if you if you if you help. Just just help me, guys. <laughs> help me out. I, I really want to get. I've, I've worked out if I can get if I can sell twenty five percent of the tickets from the tour, then it was totally worth doing. So uh, it would be even great to smash that extremely modest uh, expectation on my part. Um, I think I think we can. I feel really good about it, and I'm going to go to Soho as well. I've got a weekend in Soho. The last time I did a weekend at the Soho Theatre was in 2011, and I was doing a, a run of a little three-day run of my show, The Reasonable Man, which was my 2010 show, which is my sort of my first hour. I was really proud of it, 
And uh, I did it at Soho Theatre on a weekend that then turned out, after it was booked, to be the weekend chosen for the royal wedding. So everyone in London booked the careful careful three days off work in the middle of that week, which meant they could have a nine-day holiday for the price of three days. Uh, And uh, as a result, no one was in town. So let's hope no more royals get married. Right, guys? I think that's all for now. Uh, Donate at comedianscomedian.com and look at the tour dates there as well if you want to find out if I'm going to be near you. Thanks to Ronnie. Check his stuff out online. I'll speak to you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.